Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 193. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my uh, beer-cracking co-host, Ryan Sinitsky. Hello. Hmm, it tastes like grapefruit. That's actually really good. Do it I is like grapefruit? I might like grapefruit now. You might. I don't know. It, it's a great beer, but it is definitely a 90-degree outdoor beer. I think like I'm... It's well, that's the thing. Is I usually don't like grapefruit. I was kind of expecting not to like this. Uh, it doesn't bite, but it has the flavor of grapefruit. So it doesn't have any of the citrus, but it has the flavor. So I'm, I'm not gonna really start sure buying grapefruits. Actually, I'm gonna buy them for grapefruit smoothies. Oh, so I used to eat them with a spoon growing nah, up. I just want them. I, I, I'm not a fan of them. Like I've not that's been fun. a fan of them for the longest time. But maybe because in my advanced age, I'm a fan of them. Now. <laughs> Your advanced age, mm, yes. Well, better dig out the monocle. Yeah, no. Uh, right. So you were drinking a Fulton grapefruit lonely blonde. Yes. I am drinking a Minnesota Gold Lager, which I opened last week. God, that's so good. <laughs> By last week. I'm I mean, like really, I'm just, I'm very surprised that this is as good as it is. Impulse bought it. It was like, it was one of the 70 degree days we had like two weekends ago. Where yeah. I'm like, I need a summer beer still to like, before I switch to porters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I know those porters are, all those porters are, sm- are skunked because they're. Uh, Probably. They've, well, they've been in there for a year. And they're also summits. So it's like summit always is skunked. <laughs> summit. Summit? scum it <laughs> patreon.com forward slash carbitrage uh patreon is a support mechanism for content consumers like you to support content producers like us we have one it's actually patreon.com forward slash carbitrage on this particular custom designed web page you will find two levels of open-ended support that lets you pay us essentially just for beer Someday, maybe we'll get to kind of subsidizing some costs for actually putting this out for you guys, too. So if you want to head over and give us a couple bucks, we would greatly appreciate it, but certainly don't feel obligated. Anyway, uh, now that we're done with that, you've got the first topic for today. Why don't yes, you I want to talk off? about Toyota's new crossover. We just did a whole episode on Toyota. Oh, here we go again. And now I'm talking <laughs> about crossover, which is very uncarbitrage. Um, <clears throat> so, Toyota... Is making the Venza. Why? No, Again. no, 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 no. It wasn't, it didn't sell well yeah, to begin no, with. It, well, this is the thing. Is, all right, so Toyota Venza owners literally only buy other Venzas. <sighs> you're, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, when I was selling cars and a Venza hit the lot, it would be on there for two days, and somebody that drove in, in a Venza would buy the other Venza. Uh, so you're telling me that the, the household that owns a Venza has two Venzas? Yes. Is there a multiple, is there a plural for Venza? Venzas. 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 Yes. Venzas. So if you have two Venzas right now and you want to get a new vehicle, good yes. news. But what's actually uh, borderline almost cool, I guess. Um, I guess like if you're really kind of stretching for the word cool, this is designed to compete against like the Apache. No, like this that. is the Fapache. The Fapache. Sorry. The Fapache. This is. Designed to work with the Jaguar Fapache. I mean, the back end on this profile looks, looks just like a, like a Fapache. It looks like a Fapache. This, though, looks like an RX 350. Oh, <laughs> shockingly. <laughs> um, but what I think is actually really interesting about this is this is kind of weird that Toyota is, like, reaching this far up market. Because, like, that interior is nice. Yeah, it looks like a Lexus interior. Yeah, it looks like this is a stillborn Lexus. That's exactly <laughs> what this looks like. <laughs> this Wow, that's aggressive. <laughs> that's all this is, is a stillborn Lexus. Wait, wait, go back, go back. Wait a minute. That's a predator face. Yeah, that's... This is literally just a Lexus. Th- this is a captive market. It's... What is it? What's the uh, the Highlander called again? Yeah, oh, the Clugger. <laughs> the Clugger. This is, this is totally a Lexus <laughs> everywhere else in the world. It's a Venza here. Because, like, they're probably, they're probably trying to make Lexus more sporty. In and before, they're like, the top trim isn't XSE. It's Clugger. Yeah, the Clugger. I've got a Venza Clugger. <clears throat> yeah. 
This is um. But yeah, it's got an NX rear end. It, I really like that rear end actually. That that or at least that rear tail light looks great. Um, but it's a hybrid thing. I bet the I seats guess. are great. Yeah, it's a it looks unbelievably comfortable. I um, rode in an NX 200T the other day, and it had the most comfortable seats of any vehicle I've ever been in. Do you want to talk about a car that depresses me more than anything else? Yes, NX I absolutely want to. It's a terrible vehicle, but you can tune them. You can tune them, and it's got independent rear suspension. It's, uh, but the, again, the seats. I cannot. I cannot express how supple. I know they're it's amazing. Like Semi aniline, single origin leather, and it's got coconut husk stuffing. I know. I know. I'm really irritated by how <laughs> great they are because they have just the worst not manual transmission. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty bad. So, well, with the Venza, I, the Venza is kind of like the same thing. Where it's like <laughs> <laughs> now that the Venza before was just like a weird quirky way to get into having the three five V six. And, like, it was a little bit lighter than the Sienna, so it was actually sportier than the Sienna. Oh, wow, those weren't new enough to have yeah, that. Yeah, they, it's a really weird car where it's, like, it totally looks oh. like a totally normal, 100% absolutely normal as hell car. But it's lighter than a um, Sienna, and it's got stiffer chassis than a Clugger. Nice, it's stiffer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's got stiffer chassis than the Clugger, so it's actually a, like, more sporty crossover if that could ever exist well i mean and the, now like you said they're targeting jaguar so yeah so now they're making like this which is like totally just like gonna eat jaguar's lunch and mm-hmm. then of course po- being toyota and just apparently just this is a japanese thing where instead of eating their lunch with the luxury brand that they could easily do it with they're just giving them more of an l by doing this with a normal car brand (laughs) (laughs) like mazda could easily oh come on mazda could easily have just made a luxury brand and made like the mazda 3 like eat bmw's lunch with that but i don't even know if it's gonna eat out of brand lunch i think it's like you said it's gonna eat lexus's lunch I don't think it's going to eat at Lexus lunch because this thing is they're moving Lexus into more of a sporty sort of thing. Like Lexus is more of like a BMW Audi competitor than a Mercedes competitor, whereas this is more aimed at the Mercedes Jaguar market. Yeah, I, and there's probably other competitors in that market too, but I'm tr- spacing on who that would be. I guess the Lincoln, if you're like poor. Yeah, yeah potentially. Yeah. yeah, who cross shops a Jag with something else? Yeah, if you're buying a Jag, you're buying a I, I, So this is the thing is, if people <coughs> are buying a Jag, would otherwise be buying a Bentley. Mm-hmm. But they just, they're a little too poor for that. <laughs> oh, so they're, uh, oh, they're like the Blaine. Yeah, they're Blaine. They're rich. Blaine Bentleys. Yeah, they're okay. the Blaine ben- Bentleys. Where it's, it's like they get the used one. Like, it's not quite the good one. <laughs> yeah, I, bu- I bought an Arnage T with a bunch of warning lights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's like that. So, like, this is kind of like... It's the people that, uh, but that's the thing is like it's a Toyota, so you don't have like, you don't have the bougie name to it. And I think what, um, I think what this would actually do is it's gonna, because they've already been making Toyota like appeal more to sporty people. I think that they're trying to get back more of the Cressida market share, which they lost when they moved. So all you're talking their older nice, folks then? Yeah, I think like the older like managers, hmm. where like people had previously bought a Cressida. Well, they didn't want the Lexus because Lexus was too upmarket. But then when they made Lexus, they kind of brought everything else in the Toyota lineup a little bit downmarket. Like, well, they tried to and failed. Yeah. Because all the Lexus DNA came through. I know it's yeah, it, but it's the thing is I think like what they're trying to do is make a statement to say that 
oh, by the way, in addition to also being sporty, we do know how to make a luxury car under our own name. Right. Like, I think that's what they're trying to do okay. here. Okay, and so I think, you think that they want a Halo Toyota-branded product. Yeah, again. I think that's what they're trying to do here. And, like, although I'm not the person that would ever buy the new Venza, I have no shade for the Venza because every generation of Venza has had a very specific niche, mm-hmm. and it's done very well exploiting that. Sure. And they Well, they've had plenty of time to research those niches. Yeah, and also... Like, as far as crossovers go, the original Venza is probably my favorite crossover. And that's coming from a man who hates crossovers, just I like me. I really, really, really hate crossovers. But if I, like, if gun to my head, I had to name my favorite crossover. I'm just having a hard time processing this because <laughs> I, it's like the Pacifica thing. Like, the, the name is attached to just trash. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> they come up with another product that's good, but, like, ah. <laughs> like, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. is like. The first generation Venza, like, like if somebody oh. put a gun on my head and said, name your favorite crossover. I'm like, fuck, really? Do I have to? And they're like, yes. name one that you like. You don't have to buy it or anything. But it's like, what's, what's your favorite one? And I'm like, ah, Venza. Like, <laughs> Can we just get a dartboard of like. <laughs> like, that'd be my, my favorite. If gun to my head, that'd be my favorite crossover. Like, oh it's the closest God. thing to a good crossover. Oh, my God. Awesome. <laughs> so, like, I think that this is a good way of coming up, of continuing that name, where it's like now it's like, what's your favorite luxury crossover? Ah, 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 Venza. Venza. Oh, right, fine. Ah. And then you go take a shower. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> why did you say that? Oh, it's more reliable than oh. Jaguar. It's oh. really nice, oh. but <sighs> oh, just retching. It doesn't just make, dry heaving and it doesn't retching. make me puke in my mouth like seeing a Porsche crossover. Yeah. It's more reliable than the European stuff. Oh. It's not as expensive. Like, yeah, I guess it's the and best you know, one. it's going to last forever, and, like, it looks reasonable, and you're getting, yeah, like a Halo product for Toyota, but it's kind of Lexus-y, but you're not paying Lexus money. The base cost is $32,400. Like, that's so cheap on a modern vehicle Yeah, now. like, this is a good car that you recommend to, like, your older mother. Like, if you, if you know you're going to inherit something, and she really doesn't want a manual, and she wants a truck, but she mm-hmm. doesn't want a rough ride, Yep. this is it. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna inherit a bunch of problems. True. You're gonna get something to be really nice. It's gonna hold its value, and it doesn't look like a foot either, which is huge. <laughs> That's a really important thing. Yeah, it, it does look a lot better than the it first gen Venza. It, I mean, you're not comparing it to much. But. No, I mean it, this is a properly good looking vehicle. I think that also the Venzas are based <clears> off the Camrys. High likelihood that Camry suspension will fit in this, and that will fix. 60% they make of the a issues. performance Camry. So yeah. you telling me we can make a GR Venza? Potentially. Huh. And I'm not going to lie. You lower that two inches, you suddenly have a cool looking uh, shooting brake. Especially if you order it in like a cool color, like yeah. a red or a brown I, or something like that. The more I look at this, the more I don't hate it. That's well, the thing. Like, I, I don't trust it. I don't like it. You don't but hate like, it for a crossover. Yeah. Like, I don't, it's not that I'm like, I'm not like... I'm not like horny for the Venza or anything, but well, like I mean, it kind of sounds like you are. So, but like the thing is, is like I'm not like I don't have the the physical reaction that I get from other crossovers, right? With this vehicle, like this one's like, yeah, I get it. Like it's those cars where I'm like, I could understand somebody buying this. Like this is pretty cool as far as crossovers go. Like, I don't know, it's not my thing. But I'm like, trying to think right now. Like, if I had to purchase a crossover, which I don't even want this recording out in public with me saying this, but, like... Yeah, like, if you had to, like... If I you, mean, I would pick, let's be honest, I'd pick an Epache. But if I had to pick a gasoline-powered yeah, crossover... Buy, I think this would be it. 
Because it's also, it's the uh, cheapest one. It's the cheapest, probably the nicest, by far the most reliable. Like, luxury crossover. Uh, so, if, I think this would be the best luxury crossover. That's what this would be. I guess. I, I don't want to have a favorite, but if, let's say, gun to my head, somebody's threatening my life, and I have to name something. Yeah, this one, like, I would... I, I would I could say that with honesty that this is probably the best one that you can get. I know. I'm right? just like you. I'm just like I couldn't be bothered at this point. Like I know it's it's a good crossover. Four I w- crossovers. I will say the front wheel drive early <coughs> Outlanders. Yeah. Well, those, sorry, the far, front wheel drive Outlander Sport. Those of were the, GS cars still, weren't they? Not not the second generation. The second oh. generation, not the oh, first gen. Okay. The second generation front wheel drive Outlander. You could get with a manual front wheel drive that's pretty cool dude the amount of stuff you could buy crossover wise in like the 90s and 2000s even the 20 teens with a yeah, manual well, that's because it was cx5 was... cx3 outlander view so fun fact with the outlander escape because mitsubishi didn't have any money um, you can actually take an evo 10 and take the evo 10 drivetrain and stick it under an outlander and you can have an evo 10 wagon well that would be like doing an eagle summit 1g exactly it's like that (laughs) (laughs) and it's like okay that's cool man that's cool that's cool it's no problem i get why you say that and like i'm not faulting you for coming to the defense of the venza 2.0 rather i will defend all of the venzas in their niche i will never say they're a good car but in their niche i will i will defend the venza to to the death you're talking even a first gen oh yeah 100 percent. so you prefer it to the cross tour Yes, hundred percent. Okay, all right. I, I mean, those were those were the only two products ever in that niche, so I get it. Yeah, but I would, I would, right. I, I would defend that car to the death. Where that car has done nothing wrong. It's not good, but it hasn't done anything wrong. It's like the Pronard, where I'm just like, Pronard. I'm not gonna. <laughs> what I'm a not, great name. <laughs> we just have to say. I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna like. Say. Pronard. I'm not gonna say the Avalon's bad. But I'm only gonna call it by its Japanese name, and I'm gonna say it's a fine car. It's just nothing I'd personally want. Sorry. I want to talk about this thing right now too, but I had to do something real quick here. Um, hmm. <clears throat> so you are well aware that Scott has had two uh, EX Honda Element all-wheel drive five-speed side airbag vehicles, right? Yes. As it turns out, these are the same kind of people that Venza people are. Yeah. If you have one, you're going to have more, and you're going to buy more to replace the other ones if you break them. Oh, my God. So this <laughs> is a two thousand. I sound like DeMiro just then. This is a 2006 Honda Element EXP four-wheel drive five-speed, and it's sold for $30,000 on Bring a Trailer. So let me just read that over to you again. 30? This is a Honda Element from 2006 that sold for more now than it did new without fog lights without fog lights it's an exp but (laughs) fog lights were extraordinarily can you scroll down i want to see what the bidding is like on this 53,000 miles it's an exp side airbag so it's a painted side first facelift it's it's in a good color it's a lime green it's in perfect condition 53,000 miles like if you are an element person and you want a new element this is as close as you get. So it's a two-owner vehicle. That's amazing. Had 46 bids on it. Jesus Christ. Wow. I, you scroll down to where the bidding remorse. No buyer's remorse, says no. the buyer. Wow, it's going to take us a while to get to the bids. Oh, my Lord. There's... So much comment activity. <laughs> I had to scroll completely through an entire set of comments on Bring a Trailer. Maybe we might have two. to do two. Maybe two. 
holy god people, oh we're not even there people's yeah. oh there it is there we go. so so almost at the end of the second full list of comments but look at how he's everybody was chatting on this everyone their mom was in grand, here i'm writing to management i should have commented on this <laughs> it looks like now it's have, personal <laughs> <laughs> so i'm looking at the bitters here it was two people that are very hungry for all right matt shelby one two three Yep. There's yes. Two people that are two very hungry. Very hungry people. <laughs> so, the question is: Would you rather have this or an LX470? Oh, this because it's a manual. Yeah, because I had an LX470 that closed for twenty nine seven fifty. How nice! It must have been beautiful. That's from like two thousand one. Okay. All right. It was, it was okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I forget how long the fact. I guess yeah, the the two years you, he's been around since actually, the early nineties. If you 90s. just look up Alex four seventy, hey, that's also my listing right there. R one twenty nine. I'm like the R one twenty nine dude. So check this out. Click on the R one twenty nine. I have no idea. Like, this is where we now right scroll down for a second. Go to the oh, bottom it's got, like, of the essentials. S55 wheels there, go it. down. All right, yes, yeah, so they are S fifty five. Go R one twenty nine SL. Model page. Okay. Oh, tan top growth. Now, yeah, I know, right? Then scroll down. Silver arrow, nice. Wow, 55 grand. So, all right, now the previous ones, this is how my life has been. Now just go on to the, the reason. All right, stop. My listing, my listing, my listing, my listing, my listing, my listing, my listing. So they give you all the R129s. I don't give them all of What was this $130,000? Oh, Silver Arrow SL602. Okay. So I'm looking on that for sure. These are some of my favorite cars <laughs> Wait, to write. No, no, no. This is, I gotta go back to the. These no. are some of my favorite cars to write because um, they are so easy to write, and I can crank them out in like two minutes. Flat. They're, They're no in quantity awesome. cars. You yeah. don't have to know all that much about them to be an expert, which is nice. Yeah, I really like them a lot. And also, it's not a boring. I I I, I like the R129. Like I actually mm -hmm. like that car. So when I'm writing, I'm not bored. Yeah. So it's not like <clears> writing like an you know, like a modern M6 or something. Oh. Where I'm just like... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to need some beer for this one. Yeah. I need to brew a cup of coffee. At the R129, I'm like, this is like this is something I'm interested in. Well, it's because it's a great car. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, I look at the years and stuff. I'm like, I want a pre-facelift. I really want... I want a pre-facelift that's, like, maybe missing the hard top, so it goes for a little bit less. Oh, but so they, you want a cheap... Okay. I want one that's like miss. I want a pre-facelift. You do not want a pre-facelift no, unless second, it's one second, a manual. One I want a pre-facelift missing the hardtop, but with the engine harness done. Like once I find one of those, I'll actually no, bid on it. No, because it's it's not just the harness. Why well, you don't want a pre-facelift car? What all is wrong with the it? The four-speed auto. Are they really that bad? Oh, they're I'm, not that unreliable, but well, they're the so it, no it, no because you're not going to go drive the car for fun. The five-speed auto, you go drive the car for fun. Well, that's the thing. Is the R129, I drive that car for, like, pleasure, not for excitement. You do not want a four-speed auto car. I feel like I'm... You I'm, buy a five-speed like if you buy a pre-facelift, or you buy an auto facelift. You do not buy a pre-facelift R129. That's why they're half the money. There's a good reason why they're half the money, Ryan. Yeah, you can be as mad I as you want. I hate the front end <laughs> on the new ones. I hate it. I oh, hate it's, it. So, it's so much better, though. It is disgusting. Oh, no, it's so much better. No, the, it is The 96 gross. plus Xenon you headlight front end. You have the... Mm. 
if you just, ha- if you had ah, your way, you'd have a garage that makes me puke every day. Oh, I just yeah. walk and be a five twelve TR and a pro- post facelift R one twenty nine, and I just go walk in the back and hang myself. Weird, because there's already awful. a post facelift R one twenty nine. So much better. Ah, uh, it must, I don't like it. Must be hard being I don't in the like minority. I am a minority. This so is anyway, this kiwi green <laughs> element that sold for thirty Gs. I, I love that. Uh, it's so great. It's well, so great. But proof that people buy manuals on purpose and that manual elements are a niche that has still not been recreated. Yeah, that is a um, like a top tip. Is like If you're looking for a car to buy Oops. for good money, the manual element. Actually, I had another car that sold for bananas on Branch Rail. If you want to go back to Branch Rail real quick. No. Just tell me what it was. Oh, it was a, a Nissan Hardbody pickup. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was like a really nice V6 Those auto. Are hard to find. It was a really, really clean SE V6 <laughs> auto. Nice. Uh, with the side-facing rear seats, and <laughs> it sold like well into Tacoma money, like way past most Toyota pickups. Hmm. I can't remember exactly, but well, I mean, people grew up with it's hard like, bodies in it high was school. Upper twenties, like is what it's sold for. It's what just was, like bananas. When was the last time you personally saw a clean hard body, like a stock one, driving around? The, I'll say the last time I saw like, a clean mini truck was uh, Kurt's uh, mid second generation Toyota pickup. Like he had uh, like an eighty two or eighty three Toyota pickup that he brought to United Noodles in twenty nineteen. What was that? I, I sent you a photo. I know I did at the time. I was at like a mini closer or opener meet, but it was like an older Nissan, I think. Mini oh, the truck, the silver one. Maybe it was a Toyota or a Nissan. I don't remember, but it was it was maybe even 70s. I don't know. But it was a really clean mini truck. Remember. And the guy I was asking. the last thing that you asked me. He was asking like four and a half grand for it. I'm like, dude. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. I should have because yeah. it was so cool. But like, I, I, I if care you ever, If you find any mini truck of any sort – a penny less than ten thousand dollars with a clean body on it. No, dude, this it. this was like a third of that. I th- well, I think th- that should be like that'd be my buyer's tip. Like for anybody looking for like an investment, yeah, like, they'll, as they'll much pay as investment cars are like something that really, really, really have to do your homework on any car, and it literally comes down to options for you to be able to make money or not. Um, but if you want to like, get an investment car, that's something you can make money on. If you can find any mini truck for under ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars, that's clean. Buy it, no questions asked. Like if it's got clean title, if there's no rust on it, and it runs and drives correctly, like and there's not any like weird horrible engine noises, buy that, no question. And even if be... there is a horrible engine noise and it's a repo, it's fine. I said if there's a horrible engine noise, <clears throat> still consider it for under five. But like for anything under ten. Like I'm just saying that the rotaries all make terrible noises. Yeah, so I like the noise of rotaries. Terrible. Anyway, noise. moving on to other cars that make <laughs> terrible noises. They're also made by Honda. Um, I want to move on to the new Honda Civic because somehow Honda found that they still own more pieces of steel. Ah, and so they made the Civic yet bigger. That I, if you did not tell me what this was ahead of time, I'm like, okay, so they made an Accord Sport or yeah, they they took the chrome off the Accord. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks that's like. That's an Accord front end. Yeah, with blackout trim. Oh, it looks like an Accord. Like okay. This so, is the biggest car in the world. So are they going to stop making the Accord now? Because they would have two Accords? No, the Accord is now an Acura Legend. And the Civic is now an Accord. So what's the small sedan then? The Honda City that we don't get. Oh. Which, I need to talk about the Honda City. Because that's the car I want. And if Honda brought that here, I'd be a Honda boy again. 
Hmm. Yeah, but they won't. Yeah, no, they won't. I'm so really irritated. Yes, I'm not going to be a Honda boy for a long time. But I do really want a Honda City. And they sell them in Mexico, too, which is irritating. So you could have one in this country for short periods of time. Actually, I could have one in this country. And as long as I don't have residents in Mexico, I could own one. So. That's in, true. It could live here in 365 days a year. In 10 years, I plan to make most of my money from investment properties. So. Maybe I can get an investment property somewhere in Mexico. Maybe and I can just register my Honda City at it. Oh, I should get an investment property in Canada and buy an Avon time. Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's a great idea. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, this is just an Accord. So. It's seriously the biggest car in the world. Like, And so uh, I guess the news that people are excited about is they're making an all-wheel drive version, which is like, I have never seen Whoopee. an all-wheel drive version meet so much hemming and hawing. <laughs> why don't why so, don't people just understand that tires? I know matter. So this is the thing: they're making the all-wheel drive version compete with the Mazda three, six. I don't know what this competes. It's with a anymore. six. Yeah, it's a Mazda. It's got to be. It's got to be the same series. size. Like, there's no way the Mazda three is this big. This is, no, it's a Mazda 929 competitor, <laughs> or a CX nine. Yeah. Ew. Um, wow, I haven't heard that in a long time. Very cool car. Very uh, underrated. It, yeah, it had a lot of very interesting features. Rear-wheel drive, V6. <clears throat> the oscillating vents are still like the biggest thing. I'm just like, that's Dude, so no, cool. you're missing it. The best part of that car is the computer fans in the sunroof with the solar <clears throat> panel yeah. that would cool the car down in the summer. Mm -hmm. And so when you get into your car in summer, it wouldn't be 100 degrees outside. It'd be whatever ambient temperature is because it would cool it down. Mm -hmm. And you could turn it off for winter. So you could have it actually create heat in winter. Very cool. I love it. I, I was aware of that feature somehow. I, I Probably from you. I don't probably. know. But it, yeah, the 929 If I ever find a 929 in good condition, I will. I, I genuinely hope you don't. I All right, so this is the thing. This is a totally reasonable thing I want to make, like, a collection of. I want to make full a collection of full-size 90s Japanese luxury sedans. It would be so cheap to make that collection. And you would have a, <laughs> an actually really cool collection of cars. Because you could have a 929, the LS400. Cressida. You'd have the Cressida. Well, the is a mid-size. But I mean, still, yeah, that, that could fit. But I mean, like, you could have the, Q, uh, the Q45, mm -hmm. the yep. original one. Mm -hmm. You would have, like, an actually cool collection gotta of cars. There's got to be more than just those. Well, no, there's more because you have the Avalon, the yeah. Pronard. Pronard. <laughs> uh, you'd have... The Acura TL, which would be the competitor, or the in the Legend. Oh, yeah, the original TL. You could TL. have the Legend yeah, yeah, yeah. as well, because the Legend came with a manual. It did. You see, you and it should have been rear-wheel drive, too. Yes. Uh, it literally had everything going for it, except for the fact like it wasn't rear-wheel drive. Like, that, is, that is the biggest. Oh! Like, yeah, I've right. seen since the North Star. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like <clears throat> this engine's great. Uh, oh, it costs a little bit too much. What can you do? I'm like, well, I guess we could take the steel and threads hurts out of the block and just put the bolt into aluminum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. Seriously. Good. Yeah, just... Oh, sorry. The Diamante. Oh, a Diamante. Because the, yeah, the yeah, Diamante yeah. wagon as well, which is a full-size yep. wagon. Very rad. That is the smallest full-size car I've ever seen in my life. I think that's – so, all right, let's think of our Japanese brand. So we have Honda. Thing of Acura, so we've have, we have. Did like a Suzu have a full size sedan? Let me let me think on or that. Or Suzuki a even? Suzuki might have. Suzuki. I think the biggest one they had was no. like the Verona, though. I don't think they had a full size <clears> sedan because then they just went. They kept all their stuff small in Suzuki. Yeah. Um, you could Mitsubishi, get Mitsubishi Daimate. Yep. Daimate, and then uh, there's 
Infinity. I guess Nissan, you could do the Maxima four door SC. That's midsize. What is a four door SC? Forty SC. Oh, did you see the super clean white one that was on? No, I I didn't because I don't look at those because I will actually buy one. Um, it's really nice. I almost bought mm-hmm. a forty SC a couple years ago because like, I really want one. Because so, my thing was like, what I really want to do is I want to get a eighties forty SC. But I want to get the uh, three um, <coughs> a three hundred ZX turbocharger off of it and put that on the forty SC. I think it'd be perfect. So but the the early nineties forty SC Nissan Maxima that was a VG thirty E or a VG thirty D. The so the like one ninety two the ninety two would be a DE. Okay. So, so yeah, uh, you probably couldn't fit the DETTs turbos. But the eighties ones <coughs> were the VG thirty E, so you could put the turbocharger on them. And people have done it, and they've made hilarious cars. <laughs> it's also a horrible car. Oh, uh, disgusting sounding <laughs> engine! Absolutely the worst sounding engine in the world. I don't. I no no. Ford EcoBoost V6 first gen is the worst sounding V6. No, actually, I would go with the uh, Pentastar. No, those sound fine compared to that. The, the Pentastar sounds like a VQ. No, the issue is the Pentastar, in what it's the in. The Star? The Pentastar and what what it is actually equipped in. At no point is the Pentastar the aspirational engine. It is always the sound of poverty. Yeah, it's not the high-end engine in anything except the Compass. Yeah, it's a terrible <laughs> engine. But, oh, um, Subaru, the Legacy, because they're the Legacy GT. Oh, yeah, the, the 04 Legacy GT was But, I mean, cool. the 90s ones you, you'd have to get. I didn't but like they, those. Did, they had a turbo, the first-generation Legacy GT, they sold turbocharged. Great. Terrible but, car. Oh, sorry, it's the Legacy RS is what it was. But full-size. Yeah. yeah, so you could put that into the... So you could have a collection of actually a cool collection of cars doing just full-size... The problem would be it would take you like 20 years to find one of each one of these. Yeah, and <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. Is like you would spend maybe... You could get every one of those cars we just mentioned for a total, I think, of probably $60,000 getting the best version possible. I was going to say that's a lot of money, so yeah, probably. Like if you're getting like... If you're, if you're just searching brand trailer... Finding the like ten out of ten Concours quality barn find survivor that like has like twenty thousand miles on it, you might spend sixty thousand dollars on all of it, and mm-hmm. that's to make sure that every single one of those is in top spec, like show quality for all of them. You could do that. I'm still thinking about the nine twenty nine over here. Yeah, the nine twenty nine. It's keeping me up in that. I've seen a couple of those for sale. Oh, uh, the Infiniti J thirty as well. Another cool Oh, one. yeah. That's another VG30 DE car. Another weirdo 90s car. It's very cool. So, yeah. I mean, instead of buying the Civic, you could buy any 90s car. It's the same size and much cooler. That's a top tip. Yeah, but don't do not do any of those, actually. Um, I'm not actually going to play this video. It's my next story. But after over a year, Grand Tour finally gave us a trailer for their next episode. <laughs> It's been almost 13 months since Seaman launched. Oh, my God. And that they literally didn't do anything else. No. Like, it's the coronavirus. Well, uh, kind of, yeah. But also, they're elderly. Like, it, they're doing a fantastic job in making us not care about the fact that they're only going to do this for another year. He's like, I just, I don't even care at this point. I assumed it was done. Yeah, I mean, they, they said, like, oh, they publicly announced that we're going to do three more years of contract, whatever, and, like, we'd have a certain number more episodes. But it took more than a year. We last got our episode December 13th, 2019, and this will air December 18th, 2020. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm sure the trailer is great. I haven't even watched it yet. But 
dude, just like tell us ahead of time. Plan it. If you have a year, I don't care what you have to do to make your episode fit yeah. in that timeline. Just tell us. If it's once know. a year, fine. I don't care. I, you know, one thing I will say about Amazon and their whole thing with the with the Trinity, James May's shows have been wonderful. Have you watched? I, I've our, watched a couple of the cooking ones. Have you watched Our Man in Japan? No. Oh, that's good. He Yikes. he just tours Japan. It's hilarious. It's just James May touring Japan. It's absolutely perfect. He gets into a snowball fight. And he goes... Are these on YouTube? Uh, they're on Amazon Prime. I do have that from somebody on my I'd, TV. Yeah, I would recommend Amazon Prime. It is quite good. Our Man Japan. I just want more Grand Tour or no Grand Tour. I just... I, I like James May as a person. That's the thing. Is I don't care about him on Grand Tour. I actually just like him as a... Because Grand Tour is just like... It's like not as good as Top Gear. It's always been not as good as Top Gear. But James May is like... I think it's better because it's all specials and like a lot of people really didn't like that well, but the people that actually so i like the specials but i also like their car reviews i i like their like normies hated the car reviews which is what killed top gear yeah and i actually i, I like the dumb car reviews yeah and like if <laughs> the, the the original fiesta review yeah like they're hilarious yes mr needham it will <clears throat> or the uh the uh cleo cup with Ross Kemp? No, th- no, doing the um, <laughs> doing the BMW X6 where they went around oh, the world yeah. to make but sure will it club- work <laughs> upside down. So I went yes. to Australia. I went to Barbados <laughs> to find out. That's hilarious. Like, this car, it was made for a world that no longer exists. Yeah, yeah I absolutely true. love that. Like that's like yeah, the the golden era of Top Gear was with these guys. But yeah, it, the, people need to just reformat a new show. Like, don't try to revive no, no, Top don't Gear. don't do it. It's it's not never going to be the same. You need to have a completely new show. Yeah, get something like, new. Like it's the, it's just like it's that magic. Like it, it's you know, there's a reason when Deep Purple did Deep Purple Part Two, where they had a completely oh. different band. They didn't try to make the same sound. The Electric CNN. Yeah, like they, they tried to do different sounds with like each band. So like with Top Gear, Top Gear is deep purple. You just have different sounds with everybody. You don't try to do the same sound. Well, a lot of the problem I think with Top Gear is they they rebranded it and did it in Japan, Australia, and the U.S. Yeah. First, and then the original one had issues, so they mm-hmm. had to change it up. And like, well, why would we read? you know reformat it that doesn't make sense like you've reformatted in every other time like why don't you do that like, right like it died in 1999 and it should have because it was pretty bad yeah in 1999 1999 they, you had just jeremy clarkson was saving the show yeah right yeah. and they took he took a three-year hiatus and then he rebranded it with what it what became truthfully probably the most valuable tv brand I would say top gear is for the tv show itself not for the extended ip Probably the BBC's greatest ever investment that they've ever made. I think so too. Creating a show because, like, Doctor Who as an extended IP is better, but Doctor sure. Who as an individual show blows. But you have the extended IP. It is that hard to watch. It's very difficult to watch. But it's like, like watching Conan the Barbarian. I just I love that, but yeah, um, well. but like Doc- Doctor Who, like you have like the extended. Wouldn't universe. that be Doctor Whom? Doctor Whom's. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, Doctor Who, like, you have the extended universe, which is cool. But, like, yeah, like, nobody just watches the show. Like, you watch a show, and that's cool. But, like, you have the rest of the stuff that goes with it. But, like, for just a show, yeah, top gear, hands down. The absolute best. Yeah, I mean, worth qualifying the 2002 to 2015. The real top gear. The one we're talking version. about. Yeah. yeah. 
and the modern one is a different thing. Like, it is. It's still fine. Like Rory Reed's awesome. Chris Harris is awesome. Matt LeBlanc is a really good car guy, but just like the the you shoved him into the formatting and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Well, isn't he gone now? No. No, they they can't. How is he still on? Chris Chris Evans was the one that was there for a season and then got kicked. Well, I, I thought they got rid of <clears throat> Matt LeBlanc as well. No, that's the thing is that's actually why his, I don't. His I, American accent, I can't do it. No, it's not the accent. It's like I can't do Matt LeBlanc because like I appreciate him as a person. Yeah, now, he's a really good car guy. Like he's yeah, got great taste, I, a really great collection. I think Matt LeBlanc would be better suited, like honestly, co-hosting Jay Leno's Garage. I agree. Like, yes. you'd be yeah. really, really good on that. And also, that's the show I watch and set up here. I actually watch Jay Leno's Garage. I love that show. Like, it is just, it's dumb humor and shows you cool things. And it's kind of cool because it's, like, not made for car people. It's, I, I don't know, every time I see, like, a car, like, I'm excited about, I see it. And I'm going, ooh, yay, normies know about this car now. <laughs> cool. Pretty much. I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, I knew about the Hispania Suiza, but now also, these people all do. One of the other best things, so this is something that they do on Jayona's Garage, and this is, like, I think this might be the, one of the most genius pieces of a car show ever. It's called a Cessna Caress. A what? A and Caress. Okay, I thought you said a Cessna Caress. No, a Cessna I'm like, Caress this is a very like sumptuous Donald Born, I think is his name. But wow. he's he works for um, Sports, Sports Car Monthly, and he's a car appraiser. And um, he's actually also a classically trained opera singer, um, weirdly enough. Really cool guy. Um, but he, um, they do this thing where they take three very different cars. Okay. And they have people guess, well, which one of these cars do you think is the car that appreciated and valued the most in the, in the last, like, at all? Just, like, what car do you think is worth the most money? And they'll have, like, say, like, a Tri Five Chevy, next to a Duesenberg, next to like a, next to like a Grand National, mm-hmm. and then people go like, "Well, obviously a Tri Five Chevy, duh," and they're like, "No, actually, it's a Grand National." And they're like, "What?" <laughs> well, yeah. If you look at, I mean, it's it's weird because if you go on dollar amounts, obviously everything's skewed, and that's the thing. Percentages, and they actually they'll they'll like, break it all oh, down and say, "Well, this one made more money, but this one was a better investment." Right. I think it's just really cool how they do that. But I mean, and that depends on when you buy too, because like if you yes. if you're the first owner of a that pre-war thing. Yeah, well, if you're the first owner of that pre-war thing, you're dead. But <laughs> touche. But I mean, like, because yeah, you were old when that car was new to yeah. afford it. So, so and, and that's the thing is like I, I think it's really cool how they actually look at that and they they'll actually break it down. It's actually entertaining because Don Osborne is an entertaining person on his own. He could do a show on his own. Sure. That's on like Velocity or something or Motor Trend Network, whatever it's called now. Um, but like when you have them with Jay Leno, they actually have really good rapport and their style of humor and rapport would actually work very well with Matt LeBlanc. Sure. I, I, I'm a hundred percent in agreement. And so I think like what they could do is they could actually expand, take Matt LeBlanc from top gear have anybody else other than him on top here? You know who they should have? Rowan Atkinson. Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith. He does the late break show. He oh, was yeah. on Fully yeah. Charged Live. Yeah. He would be a great third. Uh, he'd the be a really good third. The show, too. Shit, who else was, um, was I thinking of? Not 
Rowan Atkinson. I'll think about it in a minute. I'm sure I'll come Rowan would be hilarious. He'd be hilarious on that. Like, he'd be perfect. <laughs> like, he'd be a great reviewer. Like, Rolls Royce is... Well, if you, if you also... Hearing him talk is the most huge mind job ever. I, he's just, like, the that. most prim and proper British and man. And he's, he's super British. He's super <clears throat> prim and proper. And he's very well-informed on cars. Like, <laughs> actually, the fourth time I totaled my McLaren F1, it was actually full of petroleum jelly, and that's why the tires slipped. The coefficient of friction was not ideal on the track, but yeah, now it's perfect. since been fixed. He's literally perfect. Like, <laughs> just like, I think Rowan Atkinson should totally take over. As long as he's not allowed to do any Mr. Bean type shit, like, no, he has to be Rowan. No, Atkinson. just be himself. Like that's perfect. Just him as himself. It's Listening to his interviews, I'm just like. <laughs> That sound is coming out of that face? <laughs> yeah. Are you shitting me? Like, that's perfect. Like, somebody like that would be absolutely hilarious. I agree. But it, he's, and arguably, he'd be better on, like, the, the Jay Leno show, too, just because of his car knowledge and well, how no, it's presenting. But, but this is the thing. So, Top Gear is more of, like, that's for car people. And normal people can watch it, too. Whereas it was initially, but I think it really flip flopped. I think it's more for car people that other people can watch. When you compare okay. it to Jay okay. Leno's Garage, sure. which is clearly for normal people, that car people can also watch. Okay. And that's why I think Matt LeBlanc would be much better on Jay Leno's Garage because he's also got a much more American. You don't have to convince humor. me, Ryan. Yeah. I agree. Well, I'm trying to convince the listeners. Then, well, we don't care if they believe us. Well, or not. on that bombshell, I think we should talk about some Azuzus. Let's let's do it. <laughs> I actually like Isuzu's, but it's just one of those things where I know this is going to be a difficult read. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I think, because we were talking about this uh, again on the Nugsinch uh, group, um, that I wanted to spotlight some Isuzu's, actually. Because Isuzu actually made some very cool cars that never get recognized for any of the cool stuff they've ever made. And everybody thinks of Isuzu, and they just think of trucks. So here's oh, you a... got an NPR? Yeah, exactly. I want to talk about uh, not the first good Isuzu, but this is the first unsung Azuzu to hit the American market, and this is called the Azuzu Gemini. I've the actually Z- heard of this. Yeah, so it's a very cool car. The, what this is? Fender mirrors. DOHC. I'm going to show you. We're going to start out with the normal one, <clears throat> or the actual cool one. The cool one is called the Azuzu Gemini ZZ. This is the ZZ T. They also had the ZZ R in the '80s, which had uh, sealed beam headlights. Or sorry, uh, they had halogen like headlight inserts, aero headlights. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a very cool car actually. Um, it had the G180W uh, engine, which is the 8-valve dual-overed cam, 1.8-liter, fuel-injected, 130-horsepower engine. Is it a flat 4? No, it's an inline 4. Why does the intake look like it splits forward and back? Because it, it goes it goes over the uh, intake manifold. Oh, That's how a lot of... It, it was really common in the late 80s... Or, sorry, early 80s for hmm. fuel injection for the intake uh, tube to go over. I don't know why they did it that way. Probably it, just to superheat everything to try to squeeze emissions. Actually, I, th- I think what it was was intake manifold design. They couldn't figure out how to m- get even distribution of airflow. That could be, especially with mechanical injection. And well, this is electronic. This is probably EFI. Yeah, this yeah. is EFI. <clears throat> so well, it's, a, it's a Japanese car, of course yeah. it is, because it's good. Yeah, and so it. What's cool about it, it's an over square engine. Nice. And it's a hundred and thirty horsepower. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah. That's like, going to be a rocket ship. Yeah. And so oh, if you're sorry. wondering what the Gemini is, again. this is a Chevy Chevette. Oh, God. That's what, the, that's what the chassis is. So imagine a Chevy Chevette with 130 horsepower, fuel injection, do over a cam, and an oversquare engine that actually likes to rev out in a manual transmission only. 
and a limited slip for differential. It's an option. And you suddenly have a very, very cool car. That is a very cool... And well, fender like, mirrors. <laughs> yeah, and fender mirrors. That's a very cool car in, like, 1978 to, like, 1983. When w- would own. Yeah, 100% would 10 own Ten out this. of ten. Yeah, you, you could drive that for 20 years, and it'd be fine. Yeah, and, like, so that's the thing. It's like, you can actually still find these on uh, Guna Exchange. Hmm. And they're decent price like they're probably about fifteen thousand dollars plus import fees so yeah but you're 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 looking at the price of like a 1.6 to a 5 gti Same yeah that's, a, deal. that's the thing is like you're looking at for that's a sub twenty thousand dollar import car very very cool car mm-hmm. we did receive this car as the chevette but we also received the exact sedan oh by the way this is a sedan as well which you would love well, um, it looks like a five-door hatch right here this is actually a sedan i i took this picture because it looks more like the Chevette in this picture. Okay. So you could see more of the Chevette. Yeah, more doors, lines. more better. Yeah. But, I mean, um, a checker arrow cab? If you look at the other picture that I added, it's <laughs> right, the version that. that we got here in the 70s when they first came out with the uh, Gemini body style. Also, Gemini is one of those things where you just like, kept in production forever, like way longer it should have been in production. The that way we like received GM it thing. Oh, was, wow, this is like dial-up. <clears throat> yeah, the Buick Opal. It's a huge picture. Um, so this is the one, like... This is very, very close to the actual Gemini huh. that we got. Uh, and we received it as a Buick Opal, a uh, single verd can in line four. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, also, like, 1976, and it's kind of sporty. Uh, but the thing is, it was a really confusing name. Right, because Opal is a brand. It, and they still made the Opal GT oh, when God. they made this. And this oh, is a Buick no, Opal. No, 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 no. But no, was actually no. in a Zuzu. No, no, no. <laughs> no <laughs> it wasn't made in Europe. I bet this sold really well. <laughs> oh, terribly. <laughs> <laughs> but also very cool car because this could 100 percent was looks like a Datsun. Yeah, it was a is an exact competitor to Datsuns and Corollas of the era, and and those was, are both great cars. I mean, yeah. look at the the Corolla engine of that era, and that's exactly oh what this God. was. Is it was just as good as a Corolla, and very 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 rare cars. Really, actually, a really handsome front end. I think. Um, from yeah. being the original version. Yeah, it looks expensive. I mean, it doesn't yeah. look like cheapened like most of the 70s trash. Yeah, and if you if you type in uh, Zuzu Gemini ZZR, you'll actually see what the final facelift looked like uh, before they did the uh, before they went to like the Zuzu I marks and stuff. And okay. it stayed cool looking its entire life. It wasn't one of those cars that wasn't like destroyed by its facelift. Like this car, each facelift actually made the car better. And so I've always been a huge proponent of the Isuzu Gemini as a chassis to import. And look how great that car actually looks. It's but a yeah, really cool it, car. Yeah, if this was a four-door, it'd be great. And they made a four-door of this. Perfect. It's just I had to find a picture of a functional Buick Opal, and this is what I found. There's, like, five of them left. <laughs> I believe that. And, yeah. like, this one's mint, but it's even, like, missing pinstripes. Yeah, I know. Like the pinstripes, like, really This poor. is a big photo, yes. Yeah. <laughs> So like this one's kind of beat, but like it's like a survivor. Truck. That's a fire truck. That this is definitely in Europe. There's a Cressida. No, yes, it is in Europe. It's in Australia. Crikey. Crikey. <laughs> Buick anyway, Opal. So I told you it'd be quick. I just wanted That's to spotlight said. the Azuzu Gemini, one of their greatest like the cars. It's a cool car. It's a really cool. Probably had rack and pinion steering too. Yes, it did. Only rack and pinion. Like and only manual. Yeah. And, well, they had a two-speed auto, which is terrible. Oh, power glide. No. But, um, yeah, it, uh, they came here as We've the... We've talked about the power glide being the only acceptable way to do a torque converter transmission. And they came here as the Chevette. So if you really wanted to not break the budget, you could totally get a G180W and bolt it into a Chevette and talk, have one. Talk about a great car that nobody bought. 
Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like the Suzuki Kizashi. Yeah, the Su- <laughs> Suzuki and Isuzu, the two greatest brands nobody bought. Oh, and that's a damn shame. But that's why we, we are proponents here. Yes, that's what I want to talk about, and they're great. That's what we talk about here. We don't talk about normal shit, so no, we I don't. appreciate that. Yeah, and that's that's not a normal car by any means. And what I'll, what I'll send us off on this week is actually not car news, really, but it is about the E46 on the lift behind me, which we probably have briefly touched on the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But I bought a 2002 BMW E46, so the 3 Series chassis, yeah. 325 XI 5-speed. So you know how much I hate all-wheel drive. Yeah. You bought but the best version of a bad car. I bought the well, literally my, my search criteria where it needs to be a stick. Huh. needs to be under two grand when I'm done with it, and that's it. Oh, so I, I, I responded to a lot of ads. This one uh, actually had been stagnant on Marketplace for six months. God damn it. The, it was in a parking <laughs> lot across from BMW Motorworks. I'm like, okay. I, I could see in the ad that it was across from Motorworks. Across from Motorworks. They what said, was wrong with that? The clutch is bad. It will need to be towed. Otherwise, good. So, dude, in his defense, responded to me very quickly, very well spoken. Good. Which is uncommon for Facebook Marketplace, as you all know. And E46XI owners. Exactly. But, like, this car, yeah. clearly, it, it had at least been looked after a little bit. Like, he, the kid had clearly owned it for a while as a daily. He'd put it an M-Tech like a, 2 it, bumper on it. It's a clean-looking car. It's not bad for 190-whatever thousand miles it has, but, like... I'm having too many axles. <sighs> it really does. <clears throat> but I, I asked him, like, just level with me. Like, I, I know your boss. I know most of your coworkers. You know that I'm a tech. Just tell me what's also wrong with it beside the clutch like i don't care what you tell me is broken but just like give me a rundown so i know what i need to do he's like oh okay uh shocks and struts pretty weak needs a right side control arm needs front axles i'm like no that's easy i'm like okay good that's fine i know how to do all that i get it up in the air after buying it it's actually it doesn't need half that shit Ah. so i'm like it's pretty great but i pulled the trans today and yeah, the clutch has just been turned into black graphite dust oh perfect and yeah. half of it is just a metallic uh, surface but that is that's the plan now that i'm doing polar run again this year i registered with the model s originally i'm like this doesn't feel right i think i should do this in a sub thousand dollar bmw yeah that's what and you should I'm, do for run every year that's how i'm gonna do it good so this car should be pretty good i'm just gonna throw a clutch in it and it needs a left side axle. It needs a right side control arm. The front diff has an apocalyptic amount of gear lash in it. So I'm going to replace the fluid in that and hope it's fine. Uh, but other than that, like both drive shafts are fine, which is really uncommon on an XI. Uh, the can transfer you, case is fine. Can you make fine. that rear wheel drive? Yeah, I'd have to pull the transfer case and uh, weld it up or put a rear wheel drive ZF in it, which is probably worth more than the car, mm. and then custom the drive shaft and the mounts. But yeah, I, just, I could. So if that, if that front diff turns out to be garbage. And it's, I would probably pull the transfer case apart, yeah. weld it, and fill it with fluid. I would do that. Because um, yeah. yeah, the front diffs are not cheap for those. Yeah, well, they're a known problem. They are, and manuals, although actually they sold quite a few, uh, it's harder to find one that isn't currently being driven. So the part outs are almost all just bad GM 5L40 automatics. But, yeah, it's a silver O2 3 Series well, I paid $600 for. And I'll take a look at that. It looks like you got the got the headlight washers. you got the fog lights. Yeah, it's got xenon. It's got the leather interior. It's got heated seats. It's actually a premium package car. Wipers? What's that? Does it have the rain-sensing wipers on it? Uh, yes. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. Cool. So it's, it should be fun. I have a set of winter wheels and tires that fit it, which is why I was searching for E46. That's a smashing good car, actually. For 600 bucks, I have no real complaints. Runs fine. 
So, yeah. but yeah, like when he said there's no clutch. How many miles around it? Uh, I think 190. I don't really know. That's not bad. I, I have a, it's in my oval bore video, I'm sure. I think that's one. That's, that's a good car. When I started oh. it, I'm like, ah, it was going to be miles. But no, it's, it, it was, it legitimately seemed like it was the best cared for cheap BMW on marketplace and like nobody wants to do a clutch on an XI. Speaking of X, speaking of XIs, I sold a XI uh E91, I think is the XI wagon. Yeah. yeah. E91 on Branch Hill is it was red. Was I can't manual? remember exactly which red. Yep, manual. Nice. Sold for very very good money. The guy was a little bummed cuz his previous E46 didn't sell that great. It was that Dakar yellow one I was talking about earlier. Yeah. I like the Dakar yellow. Why doesn't we also like that color? That's like a bad that. color. That's a good color. No, it's a that's bad a, it's color. It's a very no, good no, no, yellow. No, no, no. I like that yellow. No, anyway. It's a bad um, yellow. I'm also a little colorblind, so like, it looks great to me. <laughs> like, I have all the worst times with the yellows and oranges. Like, I, Jana's like, Brian, that car's orange. I'm like, fuck you, that's yellow. Like, that's a yellow car. Like, <laughs> so maybe it's a terrible <clears throat> color. It just looks great to me, so... Oh, perfect. There's several other colorblind folks out there that also love Dakar Yellow. The Dakar Yellow, Yellow is awesome, like, to me. <laughs> but be... The guy's a little bummed about the Dakar Yellow car, but Ooh. he made all of his money back on the E90, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, E91 XI manuals are still very rare cars. but they're, Very, they very made, good, too. Uh, yeah, they made seven or eight times as many of those as they did the rear-wheel drive ones. It, so. And that's the thing. is like it, it's, it's rare, and it's the automatic. If you're going to buy one, that's probably the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a very cool E46. Also, is the E46 all-wheel drive comparably as bad as the E30 all-wheel drive compared to the normal E30? I, w I would posit that the E46 and early X5 systems are the worst BMW all-wheel drive systems. But, I mean, like, as far as driving dynamics, like, the, the comparative difference in driving dynamics. It's not as bad as the E30 XI. So, this is the thing. Or IX, sorry. That E46 XI, I bet, is still... A tits car to drive. It's it's pretty good. The steering is really good in these. Yeah. Uh, on the E30, the steering was really bad. The powertrains are good enough on these, and the parasitic drop loss. Driving it just wasn't that bad. driving the E30 it's XI is tragic. still well. No, that's the thing is, it's way worse than the normal one. Yeah. But it is still so much better than your average car. Oh yeah, this these yeah those drive really well. Yeah, and that's the thing is like yeah it is worse, but for a daily. <laughs> it's great, like either and it doesn't matter if it gets rusty and door dinged and shit because it's a disposable XI. Like, yeah, if if you're not gonna matter. have a ZHB, get yourself a disposable XI and actually enjoy your car. That's why like, a lot of people that have nice E46s also have a shitty XI. Yeah, your shitty XI is a great daily driver. It's still gonna be better than the vast majority of cars out there. Because it is still a very reliable, fairly efficient, really cheap, nice place to spend yeah, time. Yeah, I've, I've never driven an XI, but I've only driven. Rear wheel drive you 46s. Yeah, you can drive this one when I'm done with it. Okay. Yeah, I would love to. But like, it's one of those things where it's like the normal E46, mm -hmm. like Alexis IS300 and that are the probably the two best driving rear wheel drive sedans of that era. Yeah, for And sure. I would probably put them up there of just generally best driving sedans. They're, so. It's it's so good. I mean, for being a regular car, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. How those slip through, just maintaining all of their dynamics and being sold exclusively to normies. Yeah, it's just one of the scars. And I think we've even talked about this. Like, if you're driving an E46, like, if you're driving straight on a freeway, you cannot tell what you're in. No. If it's rear-wheel drive or front-wheel drive. Or, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're front-wheel drive. Yeah, <laughs> or front-wheel drive if, you're, if it's really broken. 
No, they, they have three open diffs. So if you have any one axle or diff that has a problem, that's why I'm like that front diff. Like if that goes out on Polar Run, I can't drive it. There will be no power anymore. Oh, no. So I'm like, maybe I should bring a vice grip to clamp on the front drive shaft just in case. I would just weld it up. <clears throat> drive it a lot before Polar Run and if it breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Then just throw it, weld it up and make it rear wheel drive. And then it'll be a great drift car to someone. Ugh. I don't even want to think about that. I know. Is that I have to pull the trans back off and everything? Maybe, maybe you shouldn't break it. I think I'm, I'm going to put Redline Heavyweight Shockproof in the front div, which is a hypoid gear oil. Good. And it shouldn't get worse. Oh, also, I meant to ask, what did I, what oil do you recommend in Fiat 500? Engine casters? oil? Yeah. Uh, I run, ooh, ooh, uh, well, if you can find it, the German Castrol 0W30 is good. Okay. But I usually run Zero Rotella. 0W30 is actually only the German, only made in Germany. Correct. So that's yes. good. So yeah. But the German, German Castrol, if you can find that, that's a great oil to run year-round. I ran T6 in mine. Okay. I think I'm going to do the Rotella. I've had bad luck with Castrol, so it's a, it's a superstition at this point. Uh, yeah. I ran 540 and everything. Every car I've ever blown up has had Castrol oil in it. Hmm. It has nothing to do with the oil. It's me. And I know that. It's entirely a superstitious thing. I, so. Yeah. I, I'd have to pull my Blackstone stuff from my old 500s, but okay. eh, it was that. And then also they routinely told me just to do more miles on the oil, even at like 12,000 mile intervals. I'm like, I'm nah, doing five. don't do that. That's a waste of money. No, I'm going to do five. No. I don't even understand. I'm going to do five. I'm driving a maniac. It doesn't matter. Do you think <laughs> I was kind to my 500 <laughs> towing trailers wide open? <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to do 5K. Uh, okay, you do what you want, but I it's do 5K. a waste of well, money. I, the other reason why I do 5K oil change intervals is because I... You also, could run conventional on that. And do well, no, I, I, I'm going to use synthetic, but I do 5K uh, intervals because I also inspect the car when I'm doing that. Oh, that's fine. And that's a really good time for me to look at other stuff. Okay, fine. Yeah. That, that, it doesn't need it because for whatever reason, the late model Fiat 500 is the most reliable vehicle in the entire world. I'm so excited to have a reliable <laughs> car. Ah! And on that... Bomb Tremendous shell. bombshell. <laughs> we'll see you guys next Bye-bye. week. Also, I love that they.